Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi friends and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast as my microphone continually and incessantly tries to focus for whatever reason that is. I'll just give it a wipe just in case. There we go. Um, anyway, we're back again. This is the third podcast that we've done in the aftermath of the shadow of that Bournemouth debacle at the weekend. And um, I've got my catharsis, catharsis from uh, two podcasts, but I thought it would be remiss of me not to... Uh, get Paddy's views and Paddy's points on that game, should I say. Um, and also, look, as I say, to see potentially if there's any kind of um, any kind of shining light as we do go towards Everton. And we will be turning the page very much so after this podcast towards Everton uh, in the coming week, which Paddy will be in attendance for, won't you, Paddy? You can see that I'm super excited about going to Villa Park this weekend. As I said to you in a text message, it could be worse. Like, you see the guys down, you see the Villa fans down in Ghana, you see all the Villa fans over in the US, and they don't get an opportunity to go to Villa Park, and they'll rip your right arm oh, off to get look, to go there. And it should be a privilege every time, regardless of how... It is It is a privilege, time. and I know every time there's a big break between going there and sitting in my seat, mm. it just brings a new hope and a new dawn, especially at this time of the season. But I've had that new hope and new dawn absolutely sucked out of my body last weekend. Mm. So as a result, this is not going to be pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and, I don't like. Yeah, we, we're not going to. We're not going to be here for for a long period of time. I know you always open a podcast saying this will only be fifteen or twenty minutes. I think this will only be fifteen or twenty minutes because you you you've said it all at this stage. But it's it's just it's broken me. I tell you. I I listened to your initial one after the the game ended. I you said I had to drive to Tyrone to work. That was the longest drive I've ever done. 
for a number of reasons. And I got there and I called a point at the bar because I was working early Sunday morning because I said, I'll have a point. Could lead to three, could lead to five. I didn't even finish the point. I went to bed. I was just disgusted. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's this this is our love. This is our passion. And, you know, we, we, we spoke during the week about, you know, well, I, I even mentioned in the team sheet tantrum, we could be looking at J- uh, Jacob Ramsey playing for England. We could we were talking about Europe last week. I, I said we'd finish seventh. And then and then you're going, What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> you yeah. know. We we go out we go out on Saturday with a couple of questionable decisions. Uh um, not for me. I, I I I still don't think we've anyone better of playing that lone striker as as Danny Ings, but at the centre half was a questionable one for me. And there seems to be a little bit of niggle within the squad, and um, I'm not too happy where, about it. Where, where is Paddy? Talk, talk to me because I've seen a ton of this in social media, and maybe I'm just blind to it that I don't see it. But where where does this come from? Where where is this whole fractious squad not as harmonious as it should be? Piece comes from. Well, well, the first the first thing happened. When we were still on air doing the team sheet tantrum, and Morgan Sanson put a, a, a message out on his Instagram saying he's fit and ready to go, even though he'd been left out of the squad. So that that was questioned in in the um, in the the press the presser afterwards, not not the not the one on camera, but the one for the written press. And he said, "Yeah, he was he was fit and ready to go, but I didn't pick him. And that was it." But there was obviously so, something there. Something rattled him to put that out on Instagram, and it was, it, it was wrong by him because he he rose to it. Whatever is going on with Tyrone Mings, Mings has not rose to it, but Gerard has, and I think I thought it was poor, um, to say the thing that he did, um, to to the written press after the game. Um, uh, I I think I, I agree with you with 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 Dingus, Pat. Look, I think Sansan has that petulance. Like he's shown to be petulant previously, he should be petulant under Steve, under Dean Smith and under Stephen mm. Gerrard. Remember when he yeah. started kicking bottles? Remember he started? Uh, did he give someone? Did he flip someone the board at some stage in the dog in the dugout? Or did he do something? There was he did something, something yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was something else kind of stupid that he did. So I think he does have a fiery petulant side to him. Listen, look, I know off camera lads, you should see me playing football. I'm the most petulant little bitch you've ever seen on a football field. Mm. Um. You know, and I will two foot you if I get here. If, the red, if, I, if the red mist comes, so, I was exactly the same. If I was taken off in a match, I was spitting teeth like I was going <laughs> absolutely ape. But look, you know, I I, I didn't play at the level that uh, Morgan Sanson did. But uh, and any problem I had with the manager was spoken to the manager, which leads me to the the issue with Tyrone Mings when he comes out and says when Tyrone is back to his best and looks me in the yeah. eye. <laughs> and I, tells me that he's ready, he'll get opportunities. I'm like, that's what? That was strange. That was I. I, I don't even know where to unpack that one with. I, I have no idea how to unpack that unless Tyrone. Like you could think of it two ways: the technical captaincy has completely broken Tyrone Mings, or that Tyrone Mings got the PR side of it perfectly with his tweet and he dealt with that and like so that he was dealing with what he needed to do and his disgruntledness behind the scenes and then Gerard mm-hmm. just aired the laundry. Now Gerard has uh he did it at Rangers. Like we can't like we're not gonna sit here and say that he didn't do it and just completely rewrite the history of the man, but he did. He did 
air laundry in Rangers and he threw players under the bus at Rangers. And it was something that he got criticized for in, in, in yeah. Scotland. And I thought he'd kind of grown out of that, or I thought he'd grown above that, should I say. But this was like this is a comment that everybody was going to latch at. Everybody was going to latch up, latch up. And on he it. knew that and it was an unforced error. He absolutely knew that that was going to be picked up on and, and spread all around the place. But to, mm. to come out and say it in a week that you're taking the captaincy off a guy who's obviously a little bit broken, as you said, and in the same breath, he was talking about the after the match and saying, that's on me. In order to take pressure off the players, that's on me. Yeah, it is on you. You continue to allow the players cross the box into five foot ten Danny Ings in fr- it, with four or five six foot four beasts around them, thirty one times, thirty one mm. whatever it was, because over thirty one, thirty two times, thirty two and six and six were successful. It, it depends on what some of the definitions of successful are. If it, if it overrides everybody and gets the other fullback on the other wing, that's deemed as a, as a success. So, look, he he maintained that that was the way he was going to break them down because he, the book stops for him. He stands up at the side of the pitch, calls John McGinn and went, yeah, no more, no more crosses into the box like that. We're either crossing early and letting them run onto it or we try and play through them. And I think it was probably the 32nd cross went in behind the defence. And they absolutely shit themselves because they were just creaming it up all day. And it was absolute free for all. One fella swiped and missed it. One fella kicked it up in the air. It was just carnage because we had done something different. And it was the only the only different thing that I could see. Like, that is, the, like, I, I've been a manager, albeit not at that level. But if something's not working, it stops with the manager with that decision. Players don't go out and 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 say, today I'm going to get to the byline and cross the ball in to these guys who are 6'4", 6'5", and let them head it out. They know that this is going to happen. Somebody ha- somebody on that pitch has to say, Stevie, this isn't happening. What, what? Where do we go from here? He took off JJ at halftime to bring in Buendia to try and play through the middle. Nothing. It ended up going out wide as it was because whoever it was would pick it up and, and end up playing it out to the fullbacks who eventually would put it in to the to the middle for someone to head it clear or head it out for a corner or whatever. And it just didn't work all day long. And if you, re- if you remember during lockdown, we played Burnley. We did the exact same yeah. thing. And right. everyone went, Dean Smith is clueless. Dean Smith sent him out to do that. Yeah, Dean Smith did. But now, Stephen Gerrard is doing the exact same thing Addy. with much better players. Did Dean Smith send them out to do that? Did the players do or did the player do the players revert back to what they're comfortable with and, and to panicky stuff like that? Did they revert there after three minutes? No. I still don't like there's a lot of there, there's enough blame to go around to fill an Olympic size swimming pool with with, with yeah. this one. I think with that game at the weekend, I definitely think that the man like the manager had so many unforced errors in in, in, in what he said afterwards. The the it, Kanza was was a poor uh, a poor choice. The two big yeah. choices he made, Ings and Kanza, just did nothing for the whole game. The other choice that you could potentially say was the fact that uh, he started with Jacob Ramsey. We spoke about that maybe not bring not starting with Douglas Louise. Jacob Ramsey couldn't get on the ball at all. I wonder, and I'm 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 just like it. I just can't. It it just can't be a situation where Stephen Gerrard said there, yeah, let's keep crossing it, keep crossing it. I think the players just didn't do it. And if they if they were told to keep crossing it and they didn't change it up themselves, well then like 
I, I, I refuse I, to I believe. The coach in me refuses to believe that he stopped them at any point crossing the ball into the box. He, he had to have thought one of these is going to go in. Keep well, it up, one of them is going to come in. Because I guarantee you, I, I, I speak to the fella, the fella used to sit beside me at the matches and he used to say, why does Petrov always go sideways? He's a crab. He only goes sideways. He only passes the ball sideways. Because that's what he's told to do. When, Petro, when Petrov was with Celtic, he went forward and he brought, he, he brought the ball forward. He was told not to do that when he played for Villa. Neil Lennon was the same. There's certain players that do that. And they're told to do that. The managers tell them to do that. They, they change their game because the manager tells them to do it. The manager is 100% wrong here. He told them to cross that into the box as often Paddy, as they could. But, but you just said a moment ago, they did this under Dean Smith too. That's why I'm asking yeah. the question. And it's the majority yeah. of the same players that are calling mm-hmm. the shots out there with regards to this. You, you, change, you change Matty Target for Luca Dean and you've got Matty Cash on the other side. And essentially, yeah. it was the same three in the middle of the field. And yes, we've got Diego Carlos back there now uh, at centre-half. So, like, these players are doing this under two separate managers, and it's literally, it's mindless stuff. And, and, and that's why that's why I'm, I'm not the, as... The mitigating factor in, from the players. The mitigating factor in both of these games is we made a bullshit schoolboy error and conceded yeah. early. And that, yeah. that is what has caused the mayhem of trying to go and chase the game after 90 seconds to be not tuned in. For a lad to allegedly leave the field within 90 seconds and get back on to defend the corner to take his fucking jewellery off? If that's true, that's disgraceful. Like, you've got, you've got one up, job. You, you prepare yourself. Well. You what? Uh, th- I think I think the jewelry piece was from some uh, American commentator. The that's where that came from, uh, and then there's yeah. another one. That's why I said was, if, it, if it's true, if it's yeah, true. Yeah, he apparently yeah. he did leave the field prior to the corner through a bloody nose. Uh, then that was the, that was the other thing. So I don't know what it was. All I know is he was standing in a six yard box when the ball went in, and I didn't know that until I actually saw it last night live in the stream. That wasn't fake or that wasn't made up. That wasn't to be sensationalistic last night. I was there and I went, why have I seen his name marked there? And then I went, wait a minute, he's supposed to be off the field. And when I was mm. watching it back earlier, then I went, I must have made a mistake there. And I looked at it and I went, he fucking was on the field. So if he went off with a bloody nose, he should have been sitting on the ground getting that treatment. Not not off at the side of the pitch getting the treatment. Yeah. So I, I don't believe that that's the case. Whatever it was, if he left the pitch, and, and nobody is to show me anyway, he left the pitch because I, I can't see it. I went back and had a look at the first few minutes because I'm never looking at that whole 90 minutes again. I'm not as mad as you. That I'll do it for you, Paddy. <laughs> yeah. So, look, the, ultimately, that goal and the absolute yeah. calamitous defending is what has us at this conversation. And how many times did we go, go behind early last season? It has to end. It has to. We can't continue like that. It just you're, can't. You're right, Paddy. You're right. Like the first ninety seconds are exactly it. And I, I spent a lot of time on Twitter during the game, going, "Lads, Kanza needs to be needs to be a small bit better." Um, and, and people were saying, "But Kanza isn't the reason that Coutinho isn't doing anything up there." And where's Coutinho last seen? And uh, but wherever, Ler- Lerma, is the, and Lerma is the reason. Lerma is the reason Coutinho didn't get a look in because he Luka followed him around the, the pitch. He followed him around the pitch. 
And Ings but followed him around the field as well, and the two of them were literally holding hands for yeah. the whole game. And what um, didn't happen was when, when Lerma dropped into that position, all all of the other vacant positions weren't taken up. We we yeah. just we just didn't notice it. They Most just, people are watching look, didn't notice. Oh, Coutinho's gone missing. No, he's not. There's a fella wrapped around his neck every time the ball comes up. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, he did a bloody and, good and, job. And we played triangles in a in like a four foot square. Uh, like if we're playing five aside there for for yeah. parts as well, but anyway, that's not that that's beside the point. Fact we conceded in the first ninety seconds allowed allowed Bournemouth to file to file six people back behind the ball. We had no creativity. We were taking shots from outside the box. Bubakar Kamara, I completely forgot about it. But Bubakar Kamara had a shot in the second half. Was it the second half? It was, and uh, very nearly went in from from long range. I didn't even remember it until I watched the game back. But yeah. that's what we were we were. Um, that's what we were we were reduced to, I think, for a lot of long periods of the game because yeah. we were pumping balls into the box. There was the hope in hell we were going to win it. Yeah, and and, and to be fair to Danny Ings, the, the the best chance of the game fell to him, which he created himself to to make that space in the box. Albeit he hit it straight at the keeper, but that was our best chance of the game. I don't remember a better chance than that. Um, no. McGinn well, had a long range effort. Yeah, McGinn had a long range effort. Went twenty yards wide. JJ something similar. As you say, Kamara was probably closer than that. But, you know, all, all in all, it, it was depressing stuff. And, like, I've deliberately stayed off. I know you are not capable of doing it, but I literally put the phone in airplay mode and went to work on Sunday because I just couldn't deal with the with the negativity and the backlash. And here I am giving negativity and backlash. So there you go. <laughs> this is I'm my honest, way of dealing with it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I wasn't as down as a lot of people from the point of view of, like, I could deal with us losing. I just I was just annoyed with, with the way that we lost. But, mm. like, and, and, and I know it might sound silly, but I I was fortunate enough to be able to watch it back Later on that night, I didn't have to wait for it to come out in Villa TV. And when I did watch it back, I went, "Okay, like this, there's there's so much to unwrap in the unwrapping this, but like I can't fix it now, kind of a thing." Whereas if I'd waited all night and and like you, I did, I kind of stayed off social media as well for a bit that night after I got it out of my system. But um... I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm a bit more optimistic about the Everton game. I, I, I think that... I think that we can call we can kind of say that 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 Bournemouth was anomalous from the point of view that it's it's a tight stadium, it's a tight pitch, it's like it's like like do you know what someone actually remarked on on the commentary? It's like it's like like what Hybrid used to be. It's just that it's a weird field that you don't kind of get much space in, and then when you have six behind the ball, so yeah. like we were the masters of our own downfall. 
But at the same time, you go to Goodison at the weekend and there's a bit more space. And, and if the team learns from this... We're not going to Goodison. We're going to the park. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, the team learns from it. Well, then you know, um, uh, it's 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 there. There is there is green shoots there, but um, like the team is going to have to learn pretty quickly, and the management are going to have to learn pretty but quickly. Like, and, and like I'm not just piling in on the manager. I won't be doing that. I the players have to take blame because everybody was saying it was Dean Smith's fault beforehand. Yeah. Everybody was saying yeah. it was Dean Smith's fault, and that's why he got the sack. We still have the majority, of the same core group of players, and the same stuff is happening. There has to be people on the field that need to take accountability as well. Yeah. And we're not digging players out. We're not digging a manager out here, but it's a collective effort to blame. And as I say, there's enough blame to fill an Olympic swimming pool out there. Yeah. Um, but look, they can the, redeem the bottom, themselves. The bottom line is, we, we went to a, let's face it, small-town club, small-minded yeah. club. They couldn't. They, they, they had loads of empty seats in their 11,000-seater stadium. This, yeah. this is not a hostile environment. This is Bournemouth that just come up from the championship and scored the fastest goal ever from somebody coming up from the championship to the Premier League. It's the quickest anyone has ever scored after being promoted. So people are wounded. Fans are wounded from the money they've had to add on for their season ticket this year. I'm telling you now that if we play like that next weekend, things could get toxic very, very quickly. Mm. In in some situations, it was toxic anyway. Like, at the moment, I'm looking forward to getting over and seeing my friends. I'm not overly bothered about... I'm actually worried about what the atmosphere might be like if we don't hit the ground running on Saturday. Thankfully, it's an early kickoff, so people won't be full of uh, <laughs> full of, full of shandies. So it, it won't it won't be as, as raucous, but, you know, it could turn sour very quickly, bearing in mind... That people are hoarding from last weekend. They're hoarding from the extra money they have to pay. They're hoarding for what all this this new gear is costing from Castor. So look, there's a lot of play. Um, I'm not overly optimistic going into next weekend. I don't see how he turns this around very quickly. He cancelled the game against Liverpool yesterday. Maybe he shouldn't. I don't know why he cancelled it, but he did. So uh, that that to me makes way that makes loads of sense. He wanted to get get. Uh... That was only ever there for fitness. And then that was another comment. I, I will give him a pass on that one. That was misconstrued, I think, online where he said uh, we don't they don't the, the team don't need minutes, they just need quality. And then everybody went, Oh, he's talking about selling the whole team and buying a whole new team and more quality players, and the players aren't quality. I just thought that that was a game that was brought for fitness purposes. He didn't see that the team were unfit. He needs them to work on the quality of their delivery and their execution. Absolutely. I think yeah. that's what it was. And you can't throw the same 11 against Liverpool and 11 the day after. It would be, no. that to me would be, so he would have been playing different players and you're kind of going, well, then it does, it's not really made for that purpose, that game. So um, no, I'm okay like, with them. I, I don't understand right. why there's there's 15 or 16 players in the squad that didn't didn't get a game. So why not give them game time the next day? I just, I, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. But look, he's the manager. He lives by the sword. or dies, dies by the sword. If he, if he puts on a player next week that hasn't played any any games or has to play a player, say for example, has to play Ashley Young at one of the fullback positions, and he's not up to it, then then people are going to ask questions. Well, why didn't you give him ninety minutes last last Sunday? But look, I'm, I'm I think I think a lot of bar, I think it was only young Tim. And Ken Kessler Hayden that didn't play between the twenty threes and 
Yeah, sorry, didn't and, and were part of the traveling squad. Mm. Yes, you had likes Nakamba and Sanson and all those guys as well. But look, they might be not be long for the road. Mm. Uh here. I would imagine Sanson isn't yeah. like I'd love to know. Someone used to ask a question about where Nakamba's gone to, like, because he's just it's just been like radio silence yeah. on him. And we won't find out this week because the media will be more interested in talking about his rivalry with Everton than they will about our players. So we might not find out until one of our own uh, media guys asks him on, on in yeah. the in the press on, on Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. Right, we'll leave it at that, Paddy, or do we have anything else that we want no, to unpack? I haven't much more to say, as I said. How many minutes did we get out of it? Yeah, about 22 minutes out of it. Uh, and I know, look, for up, yeah. everybody listening to this, I know this is our third time doing doing a podcast. We normally only do one post-match. And I know some of you might be listening to this and go, oh, feck it, we've heard this. Like we're, Not that we've heard this before, Ooh. but look, can we just move on to the Everton game? And yes, please, we will. But I think that this was such a shock result for a lot of people, uh, us included, and it was seismic in a way, but because a lot of fans are talking about now, like whoa, 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 like are are, are we are we smelling our own farts here? Like with regards to the team, what's the story? And and I think that it just kind of deserved to have number one, a kind of a, an immediate reaction, a reaction to, after watching the game where we could pinpoint areas. And then mm. I couldn't let Paddy not have his say in it as well because of his lovely articulate nature that everybody seems to love in the podcast too. Um. <laughs> well, look, Neil, it, it's, it's, we're in one of those situations again where the one thing we love that always breaks our hearts, we'll get up and go again on Saturday and hope for the right. best. And it's the I hope that you, kills you. It's the hope that kills you. Paddy, the last time we lost to Bournemouth in the Premier League, uh, within the, at the start of the season, we went to Everton and we beat them. That was in 2019. We, we lost to Bournemouth. In the second game of the season, third game of the season was Everton. We went to beat him, and that's yeah. when Wesley got his goals. I was um, at that Bournemouth game. Yeah, first and, first game at home back in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely disgusted. It took it took uh, an hour and ten minutes to get through Whitton Lane Station. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't have to worry about that on Saturday. I can. Well, there's no trains, which doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> so and Paddy, so, like it's your own fault for not staying in the social. Just. <laughs> That's that's the golden rule. Go to go to Villa. Go to Villa Park. Stay in the social. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the the fairer sex members of the family would be too happy with <laughs> with with, uh, with the raucous atmosphere after the game in the social. So we'll we'll go to the nice plush hotel in the city centre for this one, and then myself and Stephen will will uh, love the social from uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just salty because I'm not able to go at the weekend, and it was looking like I was able to go. So I'm gonna, and you know what? The funny thing is, with the the the, 12, the three o'clock kickoffs on Saturdays are really the bread and butter for us guys, especially coming over from Ireland. You know, it's oh. it's difficult enough on a Sunday, and even for the twelve thirty games, if you were coming over and going home the same day, you know, you're, yeah, your flight comes in at seven o'clock, but. Like you're just wrecked for those games. You can't really yeah. get much in into them. So and look, yeah. I, I remember back in um in the late nineties being regularly put on the live games on on Sundays and doing day trips and 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 being wrecked Monday and Tuesday after these trips. Yeah. But we were winning, and it didn't bother yeah. me. It's when you're it's when you're not performing that's when it kills you. That's when yeah. it absolutely saps the life out of you. So at the moment, I, I've only planned for for this game at the weekend even though I have a season ticket because it's it's virtually impossible because I've got to get from one side of the country to the other fly to Birmingham yeah. the airports are a shit show at the moment so to do a day trip is absolute madness 
So I just I can't get I can't get my head around it at the moment to even think about it. And then the one thing I was looking forward to, not Forest away, they moved to a bloody Monday night and absolutely killed me altogether. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say it'll be like it really realistically it could be closer to Christmas by the time I get to get over, and that's a bit of a mm. sickener. But uh, that just means I get to spend more time with you guys here. Talking shite before and after games, doesn't it? It's fantastic. But uh, less about that. We will be live for uh, Team Sheet Tantrum. We'll be back with an Everton preview. Um, I'm going to do a bit, do do some bits and pieces on that uh, over the next couple of days. Then we will have Team Sheet Tantrum. We will have post-match review of Everton. Um, Paddy, as I say, will be over there. We might be able to get him from the ground again like we did last season. Uh, that would be nice. Um, and get him afterwards again then as well just to see what... Uh, uh, to, to get the feeling in the air after the game. That would be cool if we can get you a signal. We will do that. But thanks so much, everybody, for watching and for listening. Oh, yeah, we we launched a voicemail uh, service that you guys can leave your voicemails at any time of day and night. And we're going to have a podcast solely dedicated to listening to those podcasts and trying to answer any questions. Um, so if you want to have your say, uh, you can find that. It's SpeakPipe. You'll be able to find it on the tweet that we have. I thought I had it here on a banner to run it across. But... Um, You'll be able to find it in one of our tweets, and it's it's a bit of gas, and you'll be able to um be able to leave us a voicemail, and we'll we'll listen to it then in a podcast uh maybe later on in the week once they build up. But uh, anyway, thanks very much everybody everybody for everything you do for the podcast. Really appreciate it. Stay safe, and until next time, all that's left to say is up the villa, up the villa. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.